Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. My name's Tim Doyle, and this is Project Sports. Enjoy the show. Mass confusion, onside kick, and your Dallas Cowboys win the game. Where have I seen this before? Wow, that was one hell of a game. Falcons Cowboys, 40 to 39. You got an onside kick recovery from the Cowboys, drive down the field and go again. Great stat line from Dak Prescott. One throwing touchdown, three rushing touchdowns. Zeke's getting involved, 89 yards. He got a touchdown. This franchise with the Falcons, man, these guys just know how to lose. I don't even have any particular hate for the team or the franchise. I just, I'm befuddled when I see you lose another game in a, a, a comeback fashion. It just is heartbreaking to watch and yet so satisfying at the same time. My New England Patriots did it to you, and now the Dallas Cowboys have done it to you. This has happened twice in your franchise in a very short succession. This is unheard of, and this will probably be the staple for a very long time of who the Atlanta Falcons are. Matt Ryan now is in a position where he has lost two huge games from comeback victories from an opponent. It's... uh starting to feel like it's just not going to work out there for him. Years ago, I used to talk about Philip Rivers and how he would always lose in the playoffs against whichever team, and the best thing for him would for be for him to move on somehow, to go to another team earlier on in his career. And also the same thing with Tony Romo. I get that same feeling with Matt Ryan now. You're just on a team with owners, GM, coach, the spirit of letdown. I think you just need to change, Matt Ryan. Anyway, I'm not going to be here to break this entire game down. It was an epic win from the Dallas Cowboys. I got a lot of fantasy points with Dak Prescott. It was a great game. But we're going to move on to my week two picks, which I hit 13 for 16, 81%. So week two, I've improved a bit. And going into week three, we're going to make some selections here today. We're also going to get into a little bit of uh, Premier League soccer over here in England and then to wrap it up as usual we'll get into a little bit of fantasy football so I want to start with a correction from last week's episode I at the end of the episode I had said if any of my friends or listeners or fans wanted to reach out if there was a correction or a piece of advice that you had for the show to send it my way and I got some corrections I had a friend who sent me a message his name is Caleb and he said hey you misspoke Malcolm Brown, when you were talking about fantasy football, you said he was a wide receiver for the L.A. Chargers, but he's a running back for the L.A. Rams. I must have just overlooked it real quick as I was going down the recent activity on my fantasy football status, but that is the correction. He is not a wide receiver for the L.A. Chargers. He's a running back for the L.A. Rams. Noted. Also, I got another message from a friend who wanted to hear breakdowns of the Premier League in its modern era of derbies and who could win the league in just a, a more in-depth detail projection of the Premier League this year he said that was one of his interests he doesn't he used to follow soccer closely and now he's trying to get back into it so he wants to know the the layout of the land and yeah so I'm going to dive into that today and for anyone else who has suggestions corrections or anything that you want to talk about just send me a message and we can get it in here 
So sports is an area where you can feel inspired to do things and work as a team collectively. So I wanted to start giving a, a quote every week in my podcast, uh, something that can help engage others to aspire to be better in a healthy way. So I'm going to give these two quotes here. And one is, a fear of weakness only strengthens weakness. And the other one is, if someone corrects you and you feel offended, then you have an ego problem. So take those as you will. Uh, we're going to break down three games real quick before we get into our week three picks. Uh, we got the Houston Texans game and the Ravens. I picked the Houston Texans to win, and that was probably premature. And if I only had picked the Ravens, I would have finished even to the 90 percentile of my picks, which I would have been really excited about. But I tried to pick the upset to see uh, the Texans uh, overcome adversity, and I don't think I'll be doing that again. So you learn from your mistake. So I take ownership of that one. Um, a game I did pick that a lot of people were not picking. I actually had a friend reach out to me and a fan of the show say, wow, I was thought you were crazy for picking the Las Vegas Raiders. And I was... I was, I was right on it. I, I gave a, a little clip of why I felt the way that I did, and I felt like the Saints weren't as good as they projected to, to be against the Buccaneers, and, and the Raiders had a great offensive stead. Now, I'm not saying that the Raiders are going to be this amazing team. They just have a really good offense. They have a lot, a lot of weapons, and Derek Carr carved up the Saints' defense. You know, it was very different than what Brady did against the Saints' defense. He just destroyed them. He's young, he's a good quarterback, and he was ready to go. Little side note, rest in peace, 49ers, because your team got hurt in so many different ways, from Jimmy G all the way down. And you're going to be missing a lot of players here going forward. And we're going to tackle the New England Patriots with Cam Newton against the Seattle Seahawks. Now, I'm calling this episode Cam Newton the Wise for a reason. You clicked on it, obviously. It's a, it's a name that grabs your attention. And why? Why? Why is he calling him Cam Newton the Wise? I'm not calling him Cam Newton the Wise for choosing the Patriots or the Patriots going out to choose him because it didn't work like that. Everyone waited and saw how the was going to go. The Patriots waited until Cam Newton's uh, price went way down for him to be able to sign late into the summer. But the point where Cam Newton becomes the Wise is as he's come to New England, he has bought into the program and he loves the structure of what's going on around him. And I've really enjoyed how Cam has really embraced the franchise and that the franchise has embraced Cam. And Cam is allowed to be himself at the same time as knowing that, that football is the most important thing in his life right now. And he is doing a dynamite job. The first week against Miami, we saw a lot of running coming from Cam. And the offense played very well. Now we all still had questions. What can he do in the pocket? Can he throw? Can he make a ton of throws throughout the game that can win you a football game. And we saw that in week two against the Seattle Seahawks. I had spoken with my sister, and she was arguing with me and my dad, trying to say, have the faith. Have the faith in the team that they know what they're doing. Now, I'm all about having the faith in the team, but not blind faith. I need to know what Cam Newton can provide for the squad. I am now more excited than ever because I've seen what he can do. He can throw in the pocket. His arm strength looks good. His mechanics look good. The ball comes out of his hands really well. He can run. He's making very smart decisions. And whatever has been put in front of him, he's executing to the best of his ability. And that's all you can ask from a quarterback. 
he's taking wide receivers that Brady didn't connect well with, and he's making them look better, and they are working well together. These, these are just facts. From week two, we are looking at a completely different Patriots offense than we did in week one and towards the end of the season last year. It came down to the final play of the Seattle Seahawks game for the Patriots to lose. From the three-yard line, trying to do a rush on a play that they ran twice before, and that falls on Josh McDaniels. Now, I saw a lot of people get on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and, and speak about how the defense of the Patriots is what let down the game. They didn't play well. Listen, you played against Russell Wilson, a future Hall of Fame quarterback who is in his prime right now. You gave up a lot of points. Yes, yes, you did. But at the same time, you have to understand who you're competing against. It's okay to give that many points. If you give up that many points against Ryan Fitzpatrick, yeah, we're going to have a conversation about your defense. It's one week. Calm down. Russell Wilson is an amazing quarterback. You got carved up by one of the, the greats. He's going to go down in history as one of the best quarterbacks ever to play the game. Do you understand this? Don't, don't be so worried about your defense. They make plays. Bill Belichick will make sure they're in a position to be successful. There's not too much to worry about. The linebacker core is performing way better than what we thought it was going to. The secondary looks great. They have picks in both games. It's not perfect. No team is, especially with COVID. So which transitions to me uh, to another topic. Uh, we're going to close out this uh, Cam and Patriots talk, and we're going to move to how and why so many players are getting hurt. There's no preseason. Nothing. All these players going down. It's unprecedented how many top players are getting hurt in the league and going out for the year already into week two. It definitely seems a lot higher than before. I mean, this is expected just because of how we've gone into the season. You're talking about going into week one, full hits into a season. It's very difficult. It's a daunting task. It's a big ask for these players to do just how most of them have been playing for their entire careers just to go in week one and start an NFL season. Plus, it probably feels like practice because there's no fans in the stadium and people are getting hurt. So like Saquon Barkley got hurt, which that really does suck because he's fun to watch. Uh, Christian McCaffrey had a high ankle sprain. Not going to be out for the entire year like Saquon Barkley, but he's going to be out for a few weeks. All right, we're going to rip right into the week three picks right now. So starting off with the Jaguars and Dolphins, I'm going to go Jaguars on this because obviously Dolphins, you need to prove to me that you actually have a football team. So quickly moving on, we're going to go to the 49ers and Giants. Who do we got? Well, it's going to be a rough week for the 49ers after losing a lot of players. But with the coaching staff and all things said and involved, I still think that the 49ers are going to win because also Saquon Barkley went out as well. Going to pick the 49ers here. They just have more of a stable franchise. Don't believe in the Giants franchise. Sorry, Sharper. Your team is going to lose again. Uh, then we got up the Browns and the Washington football team. This should be a good matchup, but I'm going to pick the Washington football team on this. A bounce back week from after losing the Washington football team will win this game. Mark my words. You can put it down. Here we go. Shout out to my boy LJ once again. The Philadelphia Eagles versus the Cincinnati Bengals. The battle of the losers. The 0-2s. Here we go. Here's the pick in for there. I'm going to take the Cincinnati Bengals. They're going to get their first win of the season against an awful defense of the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm picking the Bengals here. They have a great offense with the wide receivers in place. Burrow is just getting started. He looks good. 
He's developing nicely, even with the little amount of time he has to set up. I'm picking the Cincinnati Bengals this week. Sorry, and shout out to my boy LJ. Also, here we go. Game of the week for me, Patriots and Raiders. I'm going to be tuning into this game, making sure that I catch it. Uh, New England Patriots and Cam Newton are coming off a loss. They have a lot to prepare for. That Raiders uh, offense looks very crisp, very good, lots of weapons. And if there's one thing Bill Belichick is good at, it's taking away what the Raiders will be good at. He does it to all the teams. I think he's going to provide a game plan, and the Cam Newton and the Patriots will win this game. We're going to move off to the Falcons and Bears. This is a tough one for me. Uh, I wonder, after a loss like that, can the Falcons recover? Bears are 2-0, and and now the Falcons, in two close games, are now 0-2. So they have a good offense. Their defense is just poor. What can we expect from this matchup? Well, I'm going to go ahead and pick the Falcons to finally win their first game of the season. Even though the Bears have been playing well, they are 2-0. I'm still going to pick the Falcons to come back and win this game. They have a lot to play for, the Falcons, and let's see how much grit they actually have. And you heard it here first on Project Sports. The Falcons will bounce back, and they will win the game. Bills and L.A. Rams. This is a great matchup. This is a very going to be a very tight and close game. Both teams are 2-0. But we are going to see who can rise above and get that victory. And I am definitely going to go with the L.A. Rams here over the Buffalo Bills. I've seen some things for the Bills I really like, but the L.A. Rams have a great offense, and I think they're going to edge out on this one. And I know the Bills are at home, but right now you have to incorporate it into your picks. It doesn't really matter because it's just a dead stadium with barely anybody in there. So uh, we're also going to go to the Steelers and Texans. Steelers and Texans. This should be a good matchup. Steelers got a good defense. Texans trying to figure themselves out now without DeAndre Hopkins with the currently constituted. They play two tough weeks in a row. They got a third game that's going to be tough in a row. Um, I'm going to go Steelers, unfortunately, with this one. The Texans are going to start the season out 0-3. Uh, they let me down this week, and I'm not going to pick them this week. Uh, we're going to move to the Vikings and Titans. Vikings and Titans. Vikings. You are 0-2. Your team is not what we expected, and they are terrible. And Titans, you're 2-0, and you're well-coached. I'm going to pick the Titans to go 2-0 into this scenario. Chargers and Panthers. You lost Christian McCaffrey. You're 0-2 to start the season. Chargers look decent. They got a new young QB in Herbert. He's coming on the scene. I, I'm, I'm going to pick the Chargers just based on the rest of the roster, not just the QB. But and then also the loss with Christian McCaffrey, they're kind of unknown. They're already 0-2. We'll see what happens, but I'm going to pick the Chargers on this one. Next game is uh, Colts and Jets. Jets are 0-2. They're a trash team. The Colts, I think, are a, going to be a perennial team in the AFC by the end of the year. I'm going to pick the Colts on this one. So next we have up on the board is the Seahawks versus the Cowboys. Now, this, this should probably just be game of the week because this game is going to be amazing. Uh, you got the Seattle Seahawks playing at home, going against the Dallas Cowboys. This should be a fun one. Uh, I'm going to pick the Seattle Seahawks again. This should be a great matchup. It should be a fun game to watch. Seahawks are going to win this. I hope it's a great game between Dak, Zeke, and Russell Wilson. They put on an absolute show. We're going to move on to the Cardinals and Lions. I'm just not a believer in the Lions. They're 0-2. Cardinals are 2-0. I'm going to go Cardinals on this one. Kyler Murray has been amazing to watch in the first two weeks, and he's going to continue his greatness and keep on going this year. 
All right. We got three picks left. You got Broncos, Buccaneers, Saints, Packers, and Ravens and Chiefs. I'm going to go Buccaneers for the first one here. I think that the Buccaneers are going to win this game. They're a good team. They're going to find themselves. They put up 31 points, and Brady didn't really have the greatest week. I can't imagine what's going to happen when Brady finally hits a good stride with his team and lights someone up. Uh, I'm going to pick the Buccaneers. You got Saints and Packers. Uh, the Packers are playing well, and they're projecting more than what people thought. So I'm going to go Packers over the Saints. I know this might be another uh, pick that people may not agree with, but that's what I'm going to go with. Now, the biggest game of the week, which Monday Night Football, you got Ravens and Chiefs, the two young gun quarterbacks that are setting the league on fire the past two years. And I'm not going to go against the Baltimore Ravens. I'm not going to sugarcoat this. I am picking the Baltimore Ravens to beat the Chiefs. They're both 2-0 going into this game. They're both confident. And the reason why I'm picking the Baltimore Ravens is because I just think that simply their defense is better. They're a complete team, and the Baltimore Ravens are going to win this game. They did not even waver against the Houston Texans. The Chiefs have a great team as well. I just don't think they're as complete as the Ravens. And because the game is at home at Baltimore... It'll be in their favor. And that'll wrap up my picks for week three. All right, this next segment I'm a little nervous about. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little nervous about it because I live in the UK and I've grown up watching soccer my entire life. And I'm going to dive into something that's not, you know, not in my backyard typically. Um, I'm definitely newly engaged full on into the Premier League. Um, it reminds me a lot of the NFL, how prestigious it is and the level of talent all across the league. Uh, I'm excited to break it down and, and talk about it. Uh, I'm not going to say everything correctly. I don't really know. I know there's UK, British people that do listen to this show that are probably critiquing and be like, what is this kid talking about? But I'm going to do my best. I had a, a friend ask me, if, hey, could you reach out and uh, just break down some things that are happening around the league and you know, give us the, what the derbies are and and who, who's playing this year, and who's on what team, and all that kind of stuff. So I'm just going to give it a brief overview of the Premier League going into this year with the former winners and who can we expect to win uh, the league this year. And I'm going to give you my, my top five that are going to make the Champions League and the Europa League. So just a basic overview of the Premier League. There's 20 teams that go into a season. And they have it, they're stacked on the table, and it's basically just a point system. It's very similar to hockey in the NHL and how they operate. Except for the only difference is in the Premier League, there's this thing called relegation and promotion. So as far as uh, there's a lower league division called the Championship League, which is the EFL. And every year, the three bottom teams in the Premier League that finish at 18, 19, and 20 drop down into the EFL. And the three top teams that are in the EFL, they promote to the Premier League. So it's always a fluid uh, motion of having different teams from all over the country, whatever your city or your little town or village you're from, could potentially go to the very top league. It's, uh, it's a very unique uh, experience as far and different than the NFL. Um, so we had a team that just came into the league this year. Uh, Leeds United that hasn't been in the Premier League for a very long time, but they were at one time a very prominent team in England, and that would be Leeds United. So I'm going to do my best to break down who's going to make the top five and who's going to go into the Champions League, who will be in the Europa League, and just give you a little bit of an overview on this year going in. And then also I will make a prediction on the bottom three teams that will get relegated this season. 
So as far as rivalries going, um, the one that stands out the most for me personally is Liverpool versus Everton. I mean, they're in the same city of Liverpool. They've been a long-time rivalry with one another. That's a major derby. Also the London derby between... So you got Spurs and Arsenal or Chelsea versus Arsenal or Chelsea versus Spurs. All those matchups are derbies within London. And then you have the Manchester derbies between Manchester United and Manchester City. Now, the rivalries around the league have been ramping up in the past few seasons. And it's going to get even more interesting. The entire landscape from last year has completely changed. In our podcast, we talked a lot about Chelsea uh, versus the table. We talked about Chelsea improving drastically. If you want to go back and check that episode about how Chelsea improved going into this year, trying to compete for the top prize of winning the Premier League or going into the Champions League into the future and and become that staple of England again. Uh, But also even Liverpool, as of late, has made some more moves to bring in Diego Jota and Thiago from Bayern Munich and Jota also comes from the Wolverhampton Wolves, and these are two players that could boost Liverpool uh, to continue their run on winning the Premier League last year and a continuation off their success and looking back to getting into the Champions League final and maybe winning that competition. Another team to keep your eye on towards the end of the year, Manchester United brought in Bruno Fernandes, and he started to play well with Paul Pogba and also Mason Greenwood coming up as a... Uh, an attacking player, and they're still trying to get a bid in for Jane Sancho. The amount of crazy transfer talks there are still around that player, and United seems like they really want him. United lost their first game against Crystal Palace, um, which gave them lots of trouble. Crystal Palace won their first two games, and they look pretty good to start the season. Um, there's also Spurs, who brought in Bale from Real Madrid, who's played there for a long time as a, a late transfer coming in, and uh, he still hasn't even played yet for them, but that's very optimistic. That that front three seems very scary at this point, having Harry Kane, Son, and Bale all in the same squad. It seems like there's probably going to be a large amount of success. Uh, Chelsea also bringing in all the players that we talked about. Uh, they, they also are going to improve massively this year, and they're going to give teams a run for their money. With all that said, I think about 10 to 12 games into the season, you can kind of get a better idea once... Squads start playing each other, and you can identify strengths and weaknesses of those teams. You can make a better assessment of who's going to either win the league or be in that top five squad to make Champions League and the Europa League. Um, So my predictions, in no particular order, because I'm not ready to make that commitment yet, but in no particular order, I've got Chelsea, uh, Liverpool, Man City, Manchester United, the Spurs, all making that top five. Now, there are a few other teams that I could see potentially knocking into the top five. That would be Wolves, Everton, Crystal Palace, and also Leeds United. Right off the bat, a lot of you are thinking, why isn't Arsenal in the conversation? And for me, Arsenal has actually come out of the gate with two wins. But I just don't see Arsenal being that team that can overcome big squads. When they play against the top six, seven, eight, nine teams... They tend to fall back. Uh, the, the team didn't really change too much. They added William from Chelsea. I do like that pickup, but it's not enough for me. I don't, I don't see a lot of improvements. Obama Yang is an amazing talent at striker for Arsenal, and it's, it's sort of like a singular thing for me with Arsenal, and they've got a lot of issues they need to work out. Meanwhile, other teams around the league are just continuing to get better and better, 
and then the the next tier teams down like Wolves and Leicester and a, a few other teams they they are just getting increasingly better so the competition gets higher and higher we we are going into this new uh format where we kind of don't know the end results of this year the past couple of years we've kind of known that Liverpool and Manchester City were going to win the league either one of those teams they were well established within the Premier League, they had the players, the rosters, you kind of knew what they were. We now have a bunch of new rosters, new players all over the league, which is great. It's a new beginning. Manchester United looks very different. Uh, Chelsea looks very different. Spurs look different. You know, how is this going to play out? How are they going to be on these matchups against one another? The coaches have changed. There's big developments in all of that. The massive advantage that Liverpool and City still have on the other squads is that they have chemistry. They know what they are as a team. They're implementing small new players into their rosters, and they're proceeding forward. It's the mindset of, well, if try to beat us, and we're not going to make any major changes. We don't need to. Our chemistry works out great. This is how we win football games. This is how we win. Try to beat us. The deciding factor in who wins the Premier League in the last couple of years has been big games and then not being lazy in some of the smaller games, which is where Manchester City lost the league last year, where they would, would go up against a team who wasn't as talented and they would just pay relax, especially in their defense. And it didn't matter how many goals that they scored because they've outscored the rest of the table now pretty much every year for the last three or four years. And Liverpool was consistent. They won big games. They played consistent defense the entire year. It told us we had that giant break, and when they came back, they did play a little bit more inconsistently, but that's, you know, that's, that's a wrench that they didn't see coming. I mean, the top rivalry right now in the Premier League is Liverpool versus Manchester City. I mean, when those two teams go toe-to-toe, I mean, you could be talking about who wins the league when those teams play. So the implications of who wins and what the outcome is is extremely important. And to the teams that I think that are going to get relegated, uh, I'm going to select Fulham as the first team. Uh, they barely skated by. They almost got relegated last year. I just don't think that they have enough talent to stay in the Prem. Uh, Sheffield United, same thing. I don't think that they have the talent. And then also West Brom. I think West Brom, it's way over their head. They're not going to last. And if it's not next year, this year, it will be next year. Um, teams that just come in the first two games of the season, you can kind of already see the level of play is much different than the championship. And I think those teams are going to get relegated by the end of the year. All right, switching gears to fantasy football now. Um, this week, a lot of players got injured. So the waiver wire, like as I said, early on in the season is super important. When you deal with injuries, you need to hit the waiver wire hard. Uh, I got Christian McCaffrey, who got hurt. Uh, another player, obviously, Saquon Barkley, whoever has him. You got to fill that gap, fill that hole. Do not give up on your season. Don't do it. There's a lot of good players out there you can pick up going into this week. Uh, I looked at a few different running backs and which ones I would was willing to fill the spot for Christian McCaffrey. So I quickly looked at his backup, Mike Davis, Carolina Panthers running back. And I also looked at a few other running backs that maybe were projected to do better this week. In uh, Joshua Kelly for the Los Angeles Chargers, I also picked him up, and I made a few different moves at tight end. Um, I like the kid Mike Jajeski, uh coming out of Miami. He seems like he's their more their go-to guy than Howard in Miami, and you need to be involved in that waiver wire to make sure you get players that can replace. Uh, even this week, there was 
teams that didn't even try to hit the waiver wire, and that's not going to be good for them down the road. Now, not everyone got hurt, so some people didn't need to dip into the waiver wire, but it's important to stay clear of it because even during your uh, weeks where buys start kicking in, you're going to need more players and more talent to fill holes. And that's that's a must. You know, you're going to want your down weeks where you got two or three or star players. You want your bench players to be productive. So making sure your bench is strong is super important. Also, someone dropped Saquon Barkley. I'm in a keeper league, so I spent money on to take Saquon Barkley and put him on my IR. By the end of the year, I'll just place him on my roster and now I'll have CMC and Saquon Barkley going into next year, hopefully. I'm not really too sure why that individual dropped Saquon didn't want to save him for next year. Maybe he thinks long-term he'll never be the same, but I think he'll be fine. Uh, my matchup this week, I dominated. Uh, I beat my opponent 153 to 98. Shout out to Charlie Olette for taking that L. Oh, yeah, good job, buddy. Um, Dak Prescott went off towards the end of the game. We got four touchdowns. Christian McCaffrey played well. Two touchdowns. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins had a touchdown. Old Beckham Jr. had a touchdown. I uh, was frustrated with him because I talked about last week how because he played on Thursday Night Football, so I kind of already got to talk about him that he could have had even more points for me, so I was a little pissed off about that. But on my bench, they played super well. Tyler Boyd got me 15 points. CeeDee Lamb ranked in 106 yards. He's looking good. And Rodgers had a consistent two touchdowns, 240 yards, putting up 25 points. Alan Hurst over at Atlanta, although they lost, he racked in a touchdown, 72 yards. It's a good showing. And then also Robinson from Jacksonville, their running back, got a touchdown 102 yards. He ran pretty well. So I went up against Kyler Murray, who had a great game, and DJ Metcalf is a great player. So keep keep an eye on who you can pick up from the waiver wire as it continues to get more and more important. We'll talk about our league a little bit and the continued final standing projections. So I got the most points again this week. Not again, just this week. I got the most points. And I went from fourth rank to the eighth rank, ESPN final standing projections. Continues to be hilarious. I also, it was probably because Christian McCaffrey got hurt, so they're analyzing that as well, which I can kind of understand. But hopefully I made some moves to bring my projections back up next week, you know. Anyway, I think I'm going to wrap up this episode. It's been pretty long-winded and a lot to unpack. We went through uh, picks for this week and then breakdowns from last week's of week two. So, Thanks for listening to the show. If you have any more suggestions, please keep sending them my way. Uh, Topics that I want to pick. I'm going to try to get a guest in here real soon, trying to work out some things with a couple of different people. um, And we can have multiple perspectives on maybe some of the Premier League talk or the NFL and how people view the league. Maybe they want to come at me with some of the comments that I've made that they disagree with. But we'll find out. But anyway, thanks, guys, for listening. Again, you can always find me on my Instagram, SammyMSs, that's Project Sports Pod. And a Facebook page is coming soon. When I find the time to get that started, it will be up and you can find it there as well. And take care, everyone. Peace.